till we couldn't shake no more. We got down on our knees when cancer knocked at our door. We got kicked in the ass. We gave lots of sass. Oh, when it rains, it falls into this half full glass. Oh, thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Victories in the dark. You're listening to Thanks Cancer. I'm Mimi Hall. I'm Leanna House. We're two cancer friends. We are not doctors. No, and we're not shrinks. We're not nurses or anything like it. And because of that, we are going to use some appropriately obscene language. Let's just call it salty. Anyway, we hope you'll enjoy it. This is the podcast we wish we had when we were dealing with our treatment. Hey, Leanna. Hey, Mimi. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about... Exercise. Exercise. Physical therapy. Physical all of it. Yeah. (laughs) Before, during, and after. Yes. Right? Yeah. There's a lot that you hear about exercise when you get diagnosed with cancer. Right. And I think the thing is, too, like, it depends on where you are before you get diagnosed as to, like, how you're going to react to the news of exercise during cancer. So you and I both came from probably very physical places where we want to move our bodies every day as a baseline. Right. And we live in the city, so we're walking all the time. Exactly. But on top of that, we're usually exercising. Yes. Like three to four days a week, I would say, is what feels good to us. But then there's a lot of people, like in our support group that wasn't a support group, whatever. The the not a support group. Right. I and you were the only people who'd had a fitness regimen prior to getting diagnosed. That's true. Right. Huh. Which is probably normative for the percentages in America. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Bottom line is, you really, really need to exercise. Oh, yeah. Well, I heard from a lot of people, like you did when you were diagnosed, that you're in such great shape. So exercise cannot save you, I think is the point of the before. Well, it can't save you, but it can carry you through. That's true. You can live off a little bit of the interest. Yes. But I'll say this. You're going to feel the effects so much more because for the first time, you're going to be out of control of your body. Okay. That, that is fair. That's interesting. So it's both easier and a lot harder. I want to say it's like mentally harder and physically easier, if that makes any sense. Okay. But yeah, I think that's true. But, you know, one of the things I learned in that group that we were in was that walking three to five hours a week, so that's just like 30 minutes a day, okay? Like back and forth to the train in our cases or whatever. Around the block a couple times. Right, it's a minimum amount of exercise. That reduces the risk of breast cancer recurrence by 54%. Now that's from the Brigham and Women's Nurses Study. Is that correlation or causation? Well, look, I don't really know, but I know that it's not negative. Yes, it's it's a positive correlation. So if you're the type of person that walks, you're the type of person that will have an increased chance of not having fatigue and some of those other bad side effects. Right, or maybe you could become, maybe your 2.0 version could be the person who does walk. So maybe you somehow build that in to your life. I'm Mm. the person who walks because I know that I've got a 54% chance, perhaps based on a study, of living longer, you know what I mean? Or not having a recurrence of cancer and dying of something else. So <laughs> take your walks in a cemetery. It's <laughs> no, super depressing. Do not take okay, your walks in a fine. cemetery if it's going to make you sad. I enjoy cemeteries because they're beautiful and peaceful. 
and it has nothing to do with dead people but right. not everyone not everyone rolls my way yeah. but yeah so it definitely definitely helps and it, it's also been proven that like it really decreases fatigue too so fatigue is a thing but fatigue is a huge thing that's what I hear people complain about the most and for the longest right and so it seems like the more you're able to get back into the game and get exercising again and again this is Cause this is another, you know, equation. Here. I think this is another like retraining your body. Mm-hmm. So you're showing your body what it needs to be able to do. Exactly. And I think bringing it up to your own level, too. I mean, for the purposes of this episode, I pulled out the therapeutic exercises recommended for me after bilateral romosectomy. And they were fine, but they weren't enough. I literally looked at them and I'm like, okay, this would be fine for a 65-year-old woman who had a bilateral mastectomy. And I don't want to spend 20 minutes of my day doing exercises that I think are little and dumb. Yeah, I want to spend that time amping them up. And so, yes. right. So anyway, my answer was to find a trainer. I found a trainer in my neighborhood Literally, sometimes that was the only thing I could do during the day, and it was my only social interaction. Luckily, he's an awesome guy, Tom Reagan, at Motivated Fitness, and he was awesome and had a couple of other survivor patients who he'd seen through. Wow. Yeah, he was awesome. And we did a lot of leg work. We did a lot of leg lifts with weighted, like, weights on my legs and all of that because I couldn't use my pecs. I could not use my pecs. At various and points. your leg muscles are the biggest and strongest muscles in your body. Well, so. they're correlated with your heart, which gets affected during a lot of chemotherapies. Yes. So it's important. So I think the thing is, is like, you've just got to amp it up according to what you have. And I got a lot of inspiration from Lance Armstrong, who I thought was a complete dink before I got diagnosed with cancer. I didn't like him either. Now, how do you feel about him? I think it's amazing how Lance Armstrong use this as an inflection point and the Live Strong Foundation does such good for the cancer community. Right, and they do these exercise classes at the YMCA too. For free for cancer survivors. Exactly, so if you're someone who's going through this and you want to get into exercising and get your own training system for free, go to the YMCA. They've got dialed in programs. And I don't think it's all YMCAs, so go to the Live Strong Foundation website Mm -hmm. um, and see what the participating YMCAs are in your area. I think that you do need to amp it up because if you don't amp it up a little bit, mm-hmm. you're going to forget what it's like, I think. Well, also, this is something I was only told after my chemotherapy was over. The um, chemotherapies usually eat away at your muscles. So that is an issue. And I, it's if it's not muscle, what is it? It's fat. And that's something that we really need to deal with. It's something that really affects us, especially those of us who've been very physically active, to suddenly see muscle turning into fat or not feeling as strong. Well, and you're on steroids, so you're gaining weight. If you're on steroids, you're gaining weight. If you're on steroids, you're gaining weight, or you can't keep weight on. One of the things that I took from the Armstrong story, too, is the idea of using chemicals for you and using this as a time of, like, potentially leaning down. Do you know what I mean? And, like, rebuilding the body from scratch, which is what was done. And also, like, just kind of viewing as, like, this molecular tweaking as a time to, like, almost, like, realign the mitochondria, too, in my own own self. And I did... 
like, I don't know, recently I got iron infusions and oh my God, my Bikram game changed so much. Like I became so much stronger in postures and I was like, yeah, this is some Armstrong business Well, here. I think you have super powered fake it until you make it. Right. Like that all gets amped up. It really, like, it becomes not faking it. It becomes just, like, you're really there. Like, when you, when your blood has been really weak and you've been performing at a certain level and then suddenly you get realigned to being corrective, you're like, oh, my God, the power of this. And also, you lose, like, a little bit of barriers to things when you're used to getting a lot of juice. Do you know what I mean? You're used to getting a lot of infusions and whatnot. It just becomes sort of like, okay, another day, another infusion. Like, I don't know. I just started, I had more sympathy for Lance Armstrong after my experience than beforehand, for sure. I mean, because you've you've been through it. So you don't have to imagine what it's like. Anyway, yeah, but there are, like, you know what? He doesn't look that great these days. I will tell you, he looks really slight to me and really slim. And I just want to say this, too. Um, Bone density typically goes down, like, after cancer treatment. Well, and part of that is if you are not active, your bones don't get enough resistance. Mm -hmm. So anything that keeps you sedentary or more sedentary than you usually are contributes to loss of bone density. Weirdly, steroids cause loss of bone density too. So it's interesting, look at all of those old athletes who are probably juicing and Mm -hmm. they look very slim and slight, right? Also, menopause. Um, Chemotherapy, early induced menopause, you can lose three to 8% per year of bone mass versus like 2%, which is normative. I don't like those numbers for me. (laughs) But I don't think that you're gonna get them because you want to know why you're walking around in Boston, which has really uneven surfaces, which actually has been proven to like people who walk around on these surfaces do not get hip injuries as they have like super strong bones because we're always having to adjust our footing. So just as a function of like riding your bike around here and everything, you're constantly creating like a little compression, which is good. And also you're exercising and you're getting lots of like blood into those bones. But here's the key. You've got to keep using it or you're going to lose it. And it's literally like watching yourself age. I saw it happen to myself. It was like, if I did not use it, I'm going to lose it. Like, I'm a 50-year-old woman all of a sudden. Well, that's why I started hot yoga. Right. Probably sooner than my doctors would have liked. I didn't tell my doctors that I was doing hot yoga. Yeah. Because I went into my uh, radiation oncologist, and I started the conversation with, I'm having a lot of tightness, so I'm trying to work through it. And she said, she like almost didn't even let me finish before she said, oh, well, you're just never gonna be the same again. Oh. And I was like, what? She's like, oh, you're just, you're just not, that's just always gonna be that way. And I'm like, okay, but you can work through it. And she's like, no, you're just never gonna be the same. Whoa. And I was like, okay, well, I am not going to tell you about what I'm doing against what I know are the standard like protocols. Noted. Noted. So I never told her. Right. I told like my my breast surgeon, my plastic surgeon, uh, but he knew where I stood on things because I will tell him what I'm doing. And he also knows your skin. I want to say plastic surgeons seem to know when someone's like young and youthful in their skin right. and what kind of that symbolizes about your ability to integrate just new flexibility even into burnt tissue or transformed tissue and to me I have always said that I will accept where I'm at but I have to do everything that I can to get back to what I want to be I have to do everything I can first so I started hot yoga which I still think is crazy (laughs) I love it but it's 
an intense thing for anyone, but I really need that intensity. It's like, I mean, I always think of hot yoga. I mean, obviously, I mean, so for those of you who've not heard this in other episodes, I'm a Bikram yoga instructor. I have been since 2006. So it's, and I've been pra- doing the practice since 2004. Um, and I really believe it's a place to like for reforge the iron. So you know, as we grow hot up, enough, right? It's hot <laughs> and it opens things up. And I think for you to regrow that radiated tissue, you want to go back into the heat. I know it seems counterintuitive to a lot of people, but I think you want to go back into that heat so you can reform it with the new rules of realignment in your well, body, especially and, after the breast surgery, too, with getting one breast done. For, you know what I mean? And like maybe it's, good it's not the forge of the Bikram studio, because I don't think that's for everyone, but it is the forge of, like, your own body's muscle. Yeah, maybe it's walking, maybe it's running, maybe it's weightlifting. I found weightlifting to be really cathartic. Yeah. Very much so, as soon as not, I could do that. Not extra repetitive pretty repetitive I mean pretty not super a lot of weight but I lost strength you know I mean obviously you get like a reconstruction I felt I felt so weak during my cancer treatment was characterized by weakness and I am not okay with that because I've always been a person that growing up if you couldn't do it yourself you can't do it I learned physical strength early on that I had to be the one who carried my bicycle or, you know, did whatever else. Like, when you learn that strength, it's hard to be physically dependent on other people. So I always saw exercise as kind of getting my independence back. Yeah, me too. It was so hard for me at first. I went back home. And I was riding my bike and I couldn't make it up hills that I had made my way up since I was like a little kid. Just the first three times, I think, I went cycling. Um, this was in Nickerson State Park down in Brewster. It's pretty hilly, and but I'm used to handling it. And then I could make it up, but like in first gear. And then it was like, I could go up and up and up and up at like, you know, through the gears. And that was major for me, but it was really humbling. And I had a goal of like, I'm gonna swim out to that rock. Now I'm gonna swim out to that rock. You know, like these were real childhood goals too. Like it felt really weird to get dialed back from a person who was like kind of physically very adept to someone who was like very handicapped for a period of time. Well, here's the other thing about childhood goals. Your childhood goals, I think you have to revert to like your childhood goals were joy and fun and I am not on my bike trying to make it, you know, 45 minutes. I'm on my bike because I enjoy it. It's sort of like, I'm going to try. Yes. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Like, that that was sort of the spirit of it, and that's the spirit I went about it. And I was always, I will say, for me, being lucky with the medicine I got, being lucky with the timing of my diagnosis, being lucky with great surgeons and not getting infections, just lucky... I was always impressed with how much further I went than my expectations, much like in childhood. And it was even more of a thrill because unlike childhood, I could swim out beyond the rock and there was no one to call me back in. And it was fun and it was really satisfying. And every year that goes by, I swim out in those same lakes. I swim up those, I ride up those same hills. And being able to go out not knowing if you're gonna succeed or not. It's a thrill. And letting yourself, like, I might not be able to make it home. Right. I might have to, like, leave my bike and call an Uber. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, you 
did that all the time as a kid. I mean, not sure, calling an Uber, you, got you just, like, out. gave up and right. called mom. You fell through the <laughs> ice. Something happened. Yeah, a lot happened where I grew up. It is like that new 2.0. And, um, but I do think really getting out and exercising as much as you can, just even if it's a walk around the block, getting that vitamin D, that's really, really important. If you can just sit out in the sun, if that's all you can manage, and some leg lifts without weights or with weights. I mean, just out to the back garden, or I would go to the park. Yeah. That's super close. Yeah. Um, I, I I tried to get out every day. I, th- I think that's maybe one can, of our protocols. Yeah, I think that's a protocol. So let's get into protocols. I'd say just like moving every day, right? That's what we're yes. saying. Move every day. You should move every day. Yeah. And you should stretch. You should always stretch. So what I will do is if... I'm feeling tight. I'll have like a little mini dance party all by myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that's the only way I find I can get some of that stretch in. I did a lot of solo dance parties and I think it's really, really important. And solo dance parties are fun. Make that your exercise. Just also just like, yeah, opening up the chest. Like a flower petal blooming? Like a flower petal blooming. It's a big room. <laughs> I also want to say that like fat is not fun. If you've never been fat, you're probably going to get a little fat on chemo these days. Hey, it's better than starving and dying, which is what used to happen. But it's really out of control. Um, you would think it would be fun to lose fat, especially if you're someone like me who's at a slight like, obsession with losing fat. But when you're losing fat with chemo... It's got chemicals in it. It's oh, not fun. It like kind of comes out through your pores a yeah, little bit. Yeah, and it doesn't feel good digestively. It's hard. I don't know what to say about it except good luck. Um, use a lot of probiotics. Support yourself and know that you're not alone. It's hard to lose weight, the chemo weight, because it's full of stuff. Well, one of the protocols, I think, is be really gentle with yourself. Yeah. Recognize that you're processing a lot of stuff through your body. If you are super wealthy, go to Samathiram in India. It's an Ayurvedic clinic. Go there. I can't afford to do it right now. But, like, if you can, do a we, Panchakarma we for, like, need, four weeks. We need to do... We need someone to start a nonprofit giving free trips I don't to know, cancer patients. But that would be great. I went there for my 40th birthday to treat myself and I saw people who were recovering from cancer and I think they were doing the right thing. Like it would be just like going on a retreat where you could just really get back into your body and do some yoga and get massages all day long. Yes, And like yes, drink yes. a ton of water and eat super clean. Coconut water, it's all coconut water. Oh my God, <laughs> Liana, oh my God. You can inject goals. coconut water directly into your veins. Squad goals. Some okay, that's okay. definitely a squad so, okay, goal. So that's, that's a protocol if you have enough money. <laughs> um, it's, a, like, it's not a lot of money when you're there, but it's a lot of money to get there. All right. So anyway. Protocol, um, ask your doctor about what resources they have available. Because if they have a deal with a gym, or a lot of times they will have some of these survivorship classes, uh, you need to take advantage of those. So ask a couple of people at your institution about what do they have for exercise for survivors. Right on, and you also need to go to livestrong.org slash YMCA. Go to them for the information on the Live Strong program, which we referenced. 
It has nothing to do with juicing. It has everything to do <laughs> with juicing your own body. Yeah, we're just juicy. endorphins, just endorphins. And uh, yeah, I would just say too, you know, don't be afraid of moving your body. I mean, when I look at those exercises that they gave me, I was sort of like, uh, yeah, I can do that like now, one day after surgery. I mean, I was fine. And don't believe the hype. Basically, don't believe the hype. Just Ooh. go with what your body's telling you to go with. If because I'm, I'm, you know, I didn't think that I would ever see my toes again when I did, you know, floor bow mm-hmm. in Bikram. I see my toes half more than half the time now because I just I was in really good shape before I got cancer and now I'm in really good shape after cancer well don't be afraid to fail and don't be afraid to succeed don't be afraid to succeed and don't be afraid to say yeah okay I'm gonna just like go for it and see where this goes well and be okay with being exactly where you are right because you're gonna be weak or you're gonna be Strong in different ways and weak in different ways. Yes. I can't do a push-up for shit, but my legs are really strong right now. You know, things change. That's it. It's just accept the change. Things change anyway. Things change without cancer. Exactly. And that's part of the mystery is when you're going through this in your 40s or 50s or 60s because things are changing rapidly at those ages. And you don't always recover. And, you know, the thing is, is just know... Don't set your bars where anyone else is. Most of us are getting medications that are really, really radical, light, different, uh, directed. And so believe in the miracles and believe that you can do better. And I'm sorry, it's been proven that placebo effect is 33%. So So access access the placebo effect. Access the placebo effect. Access the best medication you can at the same time. And the other thing that you should look out for because you were at an increased risk, although you've heard my rant on lymphedema right but lymphedema is a real thing it's a real thing and just because just because they can't tell you if you if you're going to get it or not or what you can do to cause it or prevent it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen we all know it happens i know a lot of people who have it so if you mess with your lymph you're at increased risk for lymphedema so you need to pay extra attention to your limbs and any swelling you need to get that checked out. Like, you do not want to mess around with lymphedema. I think there's a... Let me just say this, too. Get to know your lymphedema, because I will say that, like, I just had four and a half lymph nodes removed from my right side. So not a lot, okay? Mm-hmm. I do notice when I'm really, really lifting a lot, like when I'm lifting three to four times a week, okay? I get a little extra swollen on that side, but I'm like, all right, that's fine. My watch still moves on my that arm. Do you know what I mean? So I'd say, like, just, like know your lymphedema know yourself also expect more lymphedema too i think if you generally tend to have more water storage in your body more swelling in your body in general yeah and that comes with a sedentary lifestyle and diabetes and all of those things right so So if you're suddenly starting to exercise because you've been diagnosed with cancer and you've gone through treatment you just need to take it really nice easy slow steady up that hill i would say that would be my recommendation it's coming from the gut my speaking but i feel that it's right you you will get there incremental victories or victories you don't want to get all swollen no you don't want to get all all swollen no you definitely don't want to get all swollen (laughs) if you're not used to that i mean if you're someone who lifts a lot and you're used to swole if you know what the word swole is don't worry about getting swollen if you don't know what that means (laughs) 
Just take it nice and slow. That's and, my protocol. Just, just little by little. Little by little. Line by line. Little by little. I recognize you're like coming to the light after you've seen some darkness. And there was a gal in our class who looked fantastic. And she just started her exercise regimen whilst going through cancer treatment. She looked wonderful by the time we had met her. And she was just glowing. She'd lost 30 pounds through her cancer treatment. I was like a spa treatment for her, like the cancer. It was great. It was totally rebuilt to Right. Let this, if you can take some time off, if you're so privileged, do it, enjoy. If you're really privileged, Go to Samathiram in India. It's really <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. And not not everyone can do that. No, not everyone can do that. But if you can even just afford some coconut oil. It'll make your life yeah. feel like a retreat. Take a bath if you have a bath. You know what I mean? But like something you can just do to treat yourself. Epsom salts are a really good idea when you're getting into shape. And we can all... Go to Marshall's, get like a foam roller, get some weights. You know, we can all do a little something. We can all do a little something. We can something. all go for a walk. All right. Well, thanks, Leanna. Thanks, Mimi. Thanks, Cancer. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Thanks, Cancer. If you want to find us, you can find us on Facebook at Thanks, Cancer, on Instagram as Thanks, Cancer, and on Twitter as, guess what? Thanks, Cancer. And if you enjoyed today's episode and you're so inclined, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. And subscribe. Yeah, definitely subscribe. And listen, we want to hear your stories too, so please reach out to us at info at thanksgancer.com if you have something to share. Well, the traffic stopped you lay on the horn and you ask yourself, where is my cancer unicorn? But we're at the gate with your Card. We're your passport date Cause cancer's damn hard Oh, thanks cancer Thanks cancer Thanks cancer Victories in the dark <laughs>